Your husband, uh, as you mentioned, is, a, is an emergency room doctor. He's treating coronavirus patients. He's isolating himself in the garage to protect your family. Uh, that must have been a difficult decision, uh, especially with such a precious angel, only three weeks old, not to mention your other two little months. Right. Yeah, I think it was a difficult decision. But, you know, my husband and I are really very privileged and fortunate to have a place in our house where he can move and separate himself um, for us to really do our part in social distancing. Um, and we recognize that everyone has that luxury to do that. But, um, you know, really trying to listen to the uh, public health advice uh, to do this social distance distancing is really important. We heard Dr. Rachel Patzer talking about the new norm, which is a lot of our new norm and is what we're going to be discussing in our um, podcast today. We'll talk about what parenting during COVID-19 looks like. Awesome. Well, hey, guys, this is Gavin from Order 66 Paintball and Order 66 Lair. It's Sunday, April 5th. I'm joined here by my beautiful wife, Maxine. Hi, guys. And we are joined by our lovely partner in crime against covid Angelique Mendez. Hello, everyone. And joining us today, we have singer, mother, dialysis technician, college student, and future RN, Ashley Mercado. Hey, guys. Hey, Hi. Ashley. Welcome to the lair. Okay, so I'm just learning you're a singer. I don't know. I might have to have you sing <laughs> for us. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it for a while. <laughs> All right, so today um, we're going to delve into discussion, but before that, we're going to get an update with Angie. So today's update for April 5th, and um, what I'm what I'm going to read is going to be the confirmed positive cases first. So that's going to be the first number I'm going to give you, and then I'm going to give you the uh, total count for death. Um, and this is as of 5.23 p.m., uh, so the, again, the first number is going to be the confirmed cases, the second number is going to be the... Um, death toll so far. So for global, we are at 1,260,104,000 cases, 68,413 deaths. For U.S., we have 330,605 out of those 9,445 died. New York City, New York State, 122,031 4,159 deaths, and for uh, Monroe County, we have 548, and right now we are up to 19 deaths. That's moving quick, man. Very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. There was a, a period, there was like a couple days where, you know, it stayed, I think, I, you know, it stayed like at 10, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, but, but now another nine, it's like the quiet before the storm. Yes, very scary. It is. Um, well, I mean, today, along with Dr. Rachel Patzer, there's many parents out there that um, work in the essential field who have to, you know, get their children used to this new norm or even go to the extreme of, you know, quarantining their, themselves away from the parents. And Angie, I know that you found a, a story of someone who, um, who chose to quarantine herself away as a mom. That's got to be tough. Share with us that. Yeah, I did. She is a nurse. Um, basically, she was caring for a patient with COVID when the ventilator tube came became the attach. As she worked to help the patient, she knew fluid from, you know, the patient lungs could be spraying into the air, possibly exposing her to the virus. 
Um, she states that she couldn't sleep that night, that, you know, she was thinking about the fact that, you know, she could bring it home to her mom and her mom could probably die and it could be her fault. So to protect her family, she moved from her parents' home where she has been living with her 11-year-old son after a recent divorce into a camper. Um, and she has been able to play with him in the yard at a distance. They use mm -hmm. video chat to play games and watches her son from the window as he shoots baskets outside. The hardest part, she says, is not being able to give him a hug. I'm making the best yeah. of it. I am trying to. Sometimes I just sit here and cry. But then I feel like I sleep better knowing I'm possibly knowing that I'm, you know, that I'm protecting my family. Exactly. And I think that's what it boils down to. I feel like, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a very tough decision. Nobody wants to make the decision like I got to stay away from my kids. But right now, like sometimes that is the, that that is the decision you have to make. So a question for you, Ashley, because we know you're the, you're in the essentials field. Um, first of all, tell our listeners about yourself, like where you work, um, how, like what your family household looks like, who, who are you quarantined with? Um, so I am a dialysis technician. I work at Strong. Um, in my house, it's, it's me, my two daughters, um, uh, my stepson, my mom and my fiance, um, and pretty much because of the cases that are coming in, it's strong. Um, I choose to, you know, quarantine pretty much myself. Like, but my basement is finished. So okay. we're actually turning that into my room for me to stay in for this period of time. However long this pandemic is going to go on for. Wow. So you guys are definitely doing things to kind of adjust to the new norm in your household. How do the kids, did you talk to the oh, kids I, about that? Like about mommy being in the basement and, you know? Um, it's a big adjustment. They're not used to um, rules. Like, you know, I'm more, I'm very laid back. Um, mm -hmm. I like my kids. I let my kids stay outside and all that. Now with this whole new norm that we're dealing with, my kids, I don't let them go outside. Mm -hmm. um, I don't take them to the grocery stores with me. I actually keep them at home. Smart. Um, when I, when I come in. I'm sanitizing everything. Shoes go off in the garage. Everything goes off. Everything's in a plastic bag, and it goes right inside um the washer. Mm -hmm. And I'm straight in the shower. I don't even like my. I have a three year old, and she always wants to hug me. I literally have to say like, no, you know, mommy's dirty. I can't hug you. And it got you know to the point where she would get a little frustrated with me. But now she's so used to it. Like she tries to spray me with Lysol. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good girl. <laughs> That's great. So my oldest daughter, you know, she's she's twelve, and um, she recently battled the flu. She was in the ICU for five days at Strong. Oh my god! And Thank she, God she's she better. Yeah, she um she understands that I'm just trying to keep her safe, so mm -hmm. she knows that this is gonna be our new norm for, like I said, for however long this pandemic goes on for, this will be our norm. Mm hmm. So how do you share that awareness with your kids? I mean, you have a three year old who really doesn't understand, you know, um, but at least she knows to use Lysol. She's only three. She's awesome. Yeah. And then you have a 12 year old who, um, you know, she knows a little, she's more aware about what's going on. Like, how do you what do those conversations sound like? Or even the first conversation, like, you know, when she got pulled out of school, how'd that go? Um. 
she she really didn't know she didn't really understand yes she's 12 she she understands like she battled the flu and things but she didn't understand what a pandemic meant right um, the fact that it's spreading it's spreading so quickly um within a blink of an eye well there are numbers are climbing and basically i just had to let her know you know mommy's where mommy's working a lot of people are coming in very sick mm-hmm. and because your immune system is still picking itself up it's not safe for you to be exposed to any of this so you know she kind of was like well what do you mean mommy and i'm like this is kind of worse than the flu i said you know you felt really really bad then i said this is even worse yeah. and i was like if mommy has to do whatever she can even if that means i have to stay away from you um to protect you from that so you know she kind of was a little sad about it, but she understands that it's all just to protect her. How is she doing with family. school? Um, the online learning is kind of it's it's a little difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's an adjustment. She's very much a social butterfly, and like I said, when she recovered from the flu, everybody was waiting for her to come back. And when she finally decided to come back, and she was all all better, she was so excited to be around her friends. And now it's just like, Mom, I'm bored mom, I want to visit my friends. I want to have sleepovers. And it's kind of very different. I have to tell her that like for right now, we can't do those things. Right. Distancing is very important. Mm -hmm. Um, Ashley, I have a question for you. Um, How are you like, what is this doing to your mental health? Um, How are you basically dealing with that? Oh, that's a good question. I actually just spoke about this on my social media. Um, as far as my mental health, I'm, I'm up and down. There are days where I'm, I'm good and I'm like, yeah, today's going to be a good day. And then there are those days where I just feel like, oh, my God, this is exhausting. The fact that I can't go out with my kids, um, the fact that I can't have a peace of mind or, or have a few minutes to myself because it's just a constant thing. And even though I am leaving work, I'm still bringing work home with me, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the constant thought of like, uh, I don't want to hug my kids. I, I don't want to kiss my kids. I, I don't want to kiss my fiance because I don't want to be the reason why someone gets sick. So that's constantly in my mind now is the fact that I feel like I could be the one to bring something home and get someone sick. That's tough. Yes, it, it's extremely stressful. And there are days where I don't even sleep. Mm. And And to think like we're like most people are going through this. It's so widespread that this is what our life is, you know, as a whole. And because some people are not essential workers or don't have respect for essential workers, they're being so neglectful behind it. And it's just kind of dragging time along, you know? Yeah, it's it's extremely frustrating because, um, like I said, on, on my social medias, like my Instagram and um, my Facebook, um, I'm always talking about social distancing. And I also see people who are always posting, oh, I'm tired of people telling us to stay home. It's like, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't stay home and you don't practice social distancing, these numbers are going to continue to climb. The more these numbers climb, the more doctors, nurses, dialysis technicians like myself are exposed. And if we don't have enough people to fight against this, more people are going to die. And, and that's what we're trying to, you know, we're trying to make it to where we can actually start saving more people than having people die right. at this moment. Yeah, I mean, we're we're at war. It's really a war with something that you can't even see. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Something that I was watching, I believe it was in yesterday's briefing, um, the doctor 
you know, that he was asked a question in regards to the social distancing. And, you know, they've been saying this since day one. Now they're more, they're super aggressive about it. And that's one thing mm -hmm. people don't want to understand. But the way he, he explained it was, you know, it was, you know, black and white. I mean, social mm -hmm. distance. Like, if the virus, virus have nowhere to go, it's going to die. And that's why right. people just don't get it. Like, yep. you know, if you guys don't follow these, you know, rules to stay home and practice social distance and hygiene and everything else, the virus is going to continue to spread. Um, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, like how he said, if the virus has nowhere to go, you know, the virus only lives in, in the air for a amount of time, only lives in surfaces for some, such amount of time. The problem is that, that people keep spreading it. Mm-hmm. Because they're not they're not practicing social distancing or they're going out unnecessarily. Like obviously we we still have a life to live. We still have to make essential runs. As long as you're being protective when when you are making those runs and not being negligent. And, and that's and that's and that's what I feel we need to mm -hmm. really address too as well. Like how do we feel about parents that are exhibiting these negligent behaviors? Because I'm gonna be honest and actually I don't know you I don't know if you know me, but I try to keep it as fully one hundred as possible. I feel as a parent, if you're negligent during this time and you're putting your kids at risk, that's criminal, mm -hmm. and you need to lose and you need to lose custody of your kids. Right. I, um, I feel that very, very I passionately. Agree. I've seen way too many instances of parents recently just being very nonchalant, you know, having people over in their house for just trivial things that are not not protecting their kids, um, taking their kids on on, on non-essential runs, like. This your kids. First of all, your kids shouldn't be going on any runs with you. Mm, period. Exactly. Right? Like you actually, the the girl, like how you leave the girls and your stepson at home when you when you go shopping. That's how it should be. Why are the kids mm -hmm. there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why why are you taking out the kids? And 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 in the in the few instances that you may have to take a, a child out, yeah. that child should be totally protected, doing just a bare minimum, and not just trivial stuff outside. And and it's and I think I've I've actually reached out. To, to people in our, in our community. I've reached out to Mayor Lovely Warren. I've reached out to certain uh, specific police departments. I've reached out to the COVID-19 hotline. And I've even reached out to CPS because this cannot be continued. And we need to be the voice that protects these kids from these negligent parents. And um, sadly, there are a lot of negligent parents out there that don't, mm -hmm. that don't, that aren't doing the right thing. And it's going to affect these kids adversely. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely agree. And with it's that. like, um and, and the thing is no 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 go ahead um and, and and the thing is and the thing is um another thing is like i i get tired of people saying like oh it's only gonna affect elderly if you really look at the statistics and everything that's going mm -hmm. on it's starting to yes. affect the young mm -hmm. community as well um there there was, there was a nine-month-old baby that just passed over covid um you got a, a young a young man here in rochester who died recently um, and it doesn't discriminate. And that's what I try to, um, that's my message that the pandemic COVID, it does not mm -hmm. discriminate. It, it's taking anybody. Right. And I think the misconception comes from, because it mostly takes elders or it mostly takes people with compromised immune systems, but that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. So as, it is our job to protect ourselves and everyone else by just trying to, to limit the spread of it by being aware and making our kids aware and make sure that we're trying our best to protect, you know, everyone around us. 
by adhering to these guidelines instead of saying, oh, it's okay. It's only one person in my house. No, you don't know how many people were in that person's house. You don't know if she's carrying or he's carrying, you know? For, for me, I'm, I'm looking at this new generation, our youth, you know, they're ignorant and they're also, you know, there's a lack of accountability for themselves because, mm -hmm. you know, and I say ignorance because they're not educating themselves to the fact that they could be carrying the virus and not have any symptoms. And then they're going around and spreading it all over. And this is really, I, I feel like this is mainly the youth fault. Well, well, you know what, though, Angie. To be honest with you, and 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 you, we we reach, we say it as youth, but I, they're adults in their forties, being irresponsible. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, you're right. So then we're talking about the twenties, thirties, and even forties because I see it too. So youth plus, you know, mm -hmm. um, adults at that age because you know they're not, they don't, they're ignorant <clears throat> to you know what it is, and I'm like, it's so easy to really. Find the information and educate yourself and know that basically, like, you're putting everyone in danger. It feels like almost like a parent-child relationship where the child is just rebellious and doesn't want to listen to mom or dad, even though mom or dad are right. You know what I'm saying? That's what it feels like. Like, like these grown people are acting like children. And yeah, the, the youth 20, you're young, but you, you're still at an age where you can be aware enough mm -hmm. to make a sound decision for our country, exactly. you know, for our nation. Uh, you know, it just is disturbing. So, so here's what I want to ask. What, what, and if anyone knows, please feel free to message, message a comment on, on our, on this podcast. Um, we're going to leave it open for, for any, any comments and everything like that. What avenues are open to report negligence? Because it's not gonna stop if we don't stop it. So mm -hmm. we do it doing. Is it a CPS issue? Is it a COVID nineteen hotline issue? Is it a mental health issue? Because kids are being put in jeopardy. And, and, and right unfortunately, I feel like there's nothing that's enforcing anything right now with that, which is which is disturbing. That's why we have to do go to the lengths that we have to go to to try to spread awareness because nothing is being enforced. Like. If you are an essentials worker, you are required to follow these guidelines. Ashley, did they give you guys like guidelines outside of work? No, there's there's really no guidelines. I mean, the only guidelines we have is if we end up being exposed. Um, if we end up being exposed, the things that they basically tell us to do, um, if we're not showing any signs or symptoms, we're not going to be tested. Um, but we have to monitor our temperature for 14 days, mm -hmm. two times a day. And if we are in a house, you know, if we have family, we have to monitor their temperatures too. And when we're at work, we're masked up. When we go out in public, we're masked up. Um, at home, the same thing too. But that's pretty much the only thing that they tell us to do. Other than that, if we have not been exposed, they have not. Which, 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 which is sad because I know, I know, I know of a situation where someone in the medical field was being negligent and and then same thing and their, their workplace was like okay as long as they're not doing it outside of work like okay i'm like no that, that there should be parameters in place because they could be endangering other people they already work in a high-risk situation they're going home to children mm -hmm. which which could be susceptible for a very myriad of different reasons and and if they're allowing themselves to, to expose themselves, themselves they're they're a risk to the entire community and I honestly feel that the powers that be in Monroe County need to hold these people accountable. 
there needs to be some accountability because otherwise mm-hmm. we're just going to be a lot of dead children. I mean, not even just negligent parents, but even accountability for people hanging outside in groups, you know? For, for sure. Um, uh, the spread of COVID-19 could lead to, incre- to an increase of uh, child abuse and neglect. And uh, there have been mm-hmm. a decrease in reporting, you know, these cases. Um, it is a, uh, each of us are mandata- mandated to report if we suspect the child abuse. And to uh, answer your question, Gavin, about, you know, what, what do you do? So the New York State Office of Children and Family Services maintains a statewide central register of child abuse and maltreatment hotline. Um, okay, okay, so that is 1-800-342-3720. And the website is www.ocsncarssnfrankssnsam.ny.gov. And they will relay the information to the local CPS for investigation. They monitor the prompt response. They identify whether they, there is prior child abuse or maltreatment reports. Um, Locally, you know, we have our morocani.gov website that you could do go in there and uh, find information as well. And also, you could go to the website dorightbykit.org. Um, and that also have resources as far as, you know, what to do um, and how to start a report. But we all we are responsible that if we are aware and we know of a, mm-hmm. a situation where a, a child is being neglected or abused, we, we have to report it. It's not, a, it's not an option. Like we, we're mandated yeah. to do it. And, and, but what the thing with my concern is where does it go from there? You know, we report it and then where does it go from there? You know, because this is not, if a parent is being negligent, like allowing people in the house, that's not something a CPS worker can see. So where does it go from there? You know, we need some type of enforcement beyond that, report it, and then some type of enforcement. Exactly. I, I, I agree. And, and, and I think I really, I really, I really am challenging our leaders, Mayor Lovely Warren, everyone else in power, Ronda Quick Police, Monroe Health, CPS. We, 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 need, we need to get on top of this. Do more to protect Do, do more children. to protect these kids because it's, 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 it's ridiculous some of these parents out there and um we need we need to step up we can't do it we, we need to do better so Ashley, what i want to ask you is um you, you said what you were you were doing to protect your home do you have any suggestions mm-hmm. um obviously you know you're in the field for our listeners out there what they need to do to protect themselves and their kids just from just, just in a quick synopsis like do this do this do this or, or stuff like that any suggestions Basically, hand, hand hygiene, wash your hands, do not touch your face, don't touch your eyes, don't touch your nose. Um, also, take supplements um, like Airborne. For example, I take that. My kids are also taking um, supplements to build their immune systems, eat right, get enough sleep, um, and make sure you, know, you guys are staying hydrated. It's extremely important. Um, and you have to also maintain your stress level because stress alone can break down the immune system, mm-hmm. which makes your body susceptible to anything. So, you know, pretty much just staying, staying with, you know, with good sleep, eat right, make sure your kids are eating right, make sure you're taking supplements, um, and hand, hand hygiene, wash your hands, 
don't touch your face. And if you are going out in public, make sure you do have a mask on. Yes, for sure. I saw we went to Walmart today on an essentials run and there were so many people without masks and without gloves. Even, you know, a lot of the workers didn't have protection. I'm like, what? This is insane to me. You know, but we're mm -hmm. already in a difficult time, very stressful, as you mentioned. So I think that it's very important that we as parents make our children aware. Yeah, not try to scare them, but especially if you do, if you do see them or, you know, first of all, protect them. If you do see them doing something, you know, if you have an older kid, making sure that you just, you're not afraid to address it. Because at the end of the day, it's our job as parents and our job to protect our community as citizens. So one of the things I did look up to is like the way you can talk to your kids. It's we'll have the link on this podcast um, as well as the, the information that Angelique talked about. It's from the New York Times. And just like a bullet is how to talk. To, it talks about how to talk to your kids about coronavirus. Assess what your child knows. Process your own anxiety about it first. Don't dismiss their fears. And, and a lot of times what I'm seeing is the kids are actually not afraid. Like they like, you know, they're not aware enough to, to be like, okay, this is something that's serious, but you know, it's not something to, to overcome. It's not something to overtake you, but it is something that you need to be aware of and overcome. Um, emphasize good hygiene, like you mentioned, washing your hands and being clean. Um, and then frame the school closures as a positive, you know, so this is our time together so I can help you learn type of thing instead of, you know, allowing the kids to just be so stressed out in the moment just be just making sure that you're telling them this is our reality and we have to adjust and now. there's also i want to bring up an organization that's designed to support uh families that are experiencing difficulty with children that are 18 or under because we know these teens can be difficult at times to deal with and if they're not listening um, there is organizations out there that you could report that, for example, you know, kids that are showing patterns or following uh, behavior out of control, violence in the home, destruction of property, verbally um, and physically aggressive. Just to mention a few, it's called FACTS, Family Access and Connection mm -hmm. Team. And that's actually, actually a local um, agency. The number is 585-753-2639 because we have to look at, you know, every area. So there might be, you know, there is parents that are neglecting the kids, but there's also kids that are, you know, being difficult at home. And us as parents sometimes, you know yeah. what, you know, tough love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, and, and another thing that I really want to address too as well before we get out of here, guys, um, as, while the kids are home, there's a lot of things. Obviously, they got a lot of questions. We got to be able to talk to them as well. But these schools are, are I know of, uh, one teacher in particular is very, very communicative with what's going on with the kids and how to help them. We got to stay on top of them with their schoolwork. Um, it's, it, it's, a, it's a very trying time, but we can't allow the work that we put in before to, to fall behind. So we got to stay on top of the kids through their schoolwork. Yes, they need to be able to still talk to their friends like that, but we can't let them fall behind. So that needs mm -hmm. to be a priority too that I'm encouraging all parents stay on top of that. Stay in contact with the teachers. Respond to the teacher's email. The teacher says, hey, your kids, you know, I noticed that so-and-so is a week behind. You know what? You may need to step up and help them and find out why they're, they're, why they're a week behind and help them get back on track. 
And and find out, you know, how you can get help if there's something that, you know, like as far as the schoolwork, because I know my brain is not back in those times. <laughs> but, you know, I try to learn. But if I can't, like, I would try to see where I can get some help. And just respect the teacher's times because those teachers are also on this learning curve with the students. And they're, you know, putting this this information out there and, and, and getting these things together online in a whole different format that they're not used to. And for, for children not to respect that and actually get the work done in time, I'm sure that's that's a little draining for the teachers, too, on yeah, top of everything absolutely. else we're dealing with. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Good combo. Very nice combo. <laughs> Anyone have any piece of positivity they want to drop on it before um, we get I'll out of here? I'll try to be quick. <laughs> I just want to share uh, there's five <laughs> different things you could do on anxiety-reducing resources. And I'll, I'll, I'll also will put it um, on my page on Facebook about... Uh, there's a few resources. One of them is Beyond My Battle, and that is specifically, uh, it's a battle kit for COVID-19 full of free and donation-based resources. Uh, also, the WANA, W-A-N-A app, gives you people with invisible illness a community right at their fingertips. Uh, also, another one is Chronicle, Chronically Capable, exclusively featured flexible jobs for those with chronic illness. Uh, another one's called Virus Anxiety, offers a collection of resources for people experiencing coronavirus-induced anxiety. And then Podcast Made Visible addresses coronavirus worries and coping mechanism. Awesome. Thank you, thank you. Great information, great information, guys. Ashley and Angelique, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you once again, Maxine. You guys did a great job getting all this information out. I really appreciate you guys. Guys, we got to protect our kids. Um, step up if you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And community leaders. Never too late. Never too late. Community leaders. Police police it. If, if, then, if parents are being negligent, you know what? You're going to face some consequences. There needs to be some consequences for parents that are being negligent. And I strongly support that. And I, once again, I challenge our neighborhood um, or community leaders to, to, to step up and make this happen. All right, guys, thank you so much. This has been Gavin from Order 66 Lair and Order 66 Paintball. Tune in, subscribe, support the podcast if you like what we're doing. Guys, love each other. Um, let's be smart. Wash your hands. Stay home. Wash your hands. Stay home. Stay home. If and when you can. You know what? Seriously. Come on, guys. Come on. We're like a broken record here. All right. <laughs> be safe. Be good to each other. Love each Bye. other. Bye. Peace.